From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast. Join us as we discuss the business of running an RIA firm and the practice of investment management. And now, our hosts. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. My name is Manish Kata, and with me, original gangster Jeff Goodno. How are you, sir? I am doing pretty darn good. I am I am ready, heading back to Kansas, so I got my Kansas gear on, the Royals, the Jayhawks, you know. Gotta rock my home. Gotta rock the home state. Yeah, we're both we're both in the middle of a move. So after this, everything gets broken down and tossed into boxes. So, um, all right. Well, today we wanted to talk about something that keeps coming up, and that is what tools we use to run our RIA. And this com- uh, this comes from advisors, uh, industry contacts. There's constant questions like, "Hey, you know, what are you using for 401k or HR? How do you handle this or that?" And it's valuable information because. I do the same thing when I'm searching for stuff. I ask people, right? I ask my friends, I ask advisors, I ask contacts, and and that's how you kind of crowdsource tools, and then you dive in and, and have that research. So we figured the other day we were talking about, you know, what do we want to, you know, talk about this week? And let's just let's just go over some of the tools we use. Um, we've done this a couple times, and yeah. you know, things change, and uh, and let's just have a conversation about what we like and don't like, and, and kind of run through the, the the gamut here, right? Are you good with that? Yeah, sounds like a plan, man. All right, what's up first? Yeah, so so let's hit uh, some of the exact. I mean, we're going to start with uh, actually running the RAA, which of course was the genesis of <laughs> what we started the podcast for in the first place. Uh, and so we thought, all right, let's let's deal with some of the executive operations, right? The things that that sort of you have to have in place to even open the doors, so to speak. Um, uh, one of them, right? We have employees. We have to deal with payroll and shit like that. So I mean, what are we using now? Um, in that space, and why why is it that we've switched to that? Yeah, so we use Gusto, uh, which is a, a really good platform for payroll. And the cool thing about Gusto, it's 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 uh, self serve onboarding for the most part. So it's kind of hands off, where I, I can run it in the background uh, and allow employees to kind of enter information and 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 and, and onboard themselves. Uh, the other cool thing is they also do uh, healthcare administrators, so they will act as the insurance agent and go find different plans for us and manage that whole thing. It's not without issues. Uh, all tech companies have some customer service things they're, they're trying to solve. But essentially, Gusto for healthcare as well as HR. And then recently, in terms of 401k, which kind of you know closes the circle on, on uh, back office stuff HR-wise, has been Vestwell. Now, we just started the onboarding process. It's been pretty smooth. A couple things we need to iron out. Um, but they have a direct connection with Gusto, uh, and, it, and it works really well in terms of having the payroll come out and, and, and management options as well, right? In addition to the Potomac, yeah. there's going to be other stuff. Right. So that, that, that's right. kind of the trifecta of, of HR-ish stuff. Yeah, well, so I, so I purposely had this set up so that you could talk about uh, 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 Gusto because the house, the property that we own, we're going to build on is Gusta. And so every time I try and think about our HR thing, I'm always screwing it up. So I'll let you uh, you speak to that. Um, well, the next thing that happens along with payroll, right, is, uh, again, at the business level, the executive operations is, is accounting, right? Somebody's got to figure out not just... <clears throat> excuse me, not just the payroll, but the accounting itself. You have to, to do reviews and understand where the dollars are going and where they're coming in. So what do we use in that space? So yeah, it, it, 
you'll see a, a theme here about tools that work well with each other. And, and Zero Accounting is an Australian company. Um, it's a competitor of QuickBooks. Uh, it's much more open and uh, in terms of the, the code and how the software works, and that connects really well with Gusto. And so we use Zero for that. Um, other things that come to mind if you're talking about, you know, kind of accounting back office compliance kind of things. Um, we, I'm the CCO. We use a company called RIA, RIA Registrar, I think out of right. Iowa, um, to, uh, to help us on a consulting front. And then we have Stark & Stark out of New Jersey as corporate attorneys who help um, you know, draft contracts and, and a lot of the legal work. Yeah, and and for clarity, zero is actually spelled X E R O. Just for anybody who's uh, listening or, or or whatever, right? It's it, the English language. I swear, sometimes it's a, any wonder anybody can can actually speak because you throw marketing into the mix and it turns into a cluster in a heartbeat. Um, all right, so there's a couple other things that happen have to be in place. Right, uh, I joked about opening the doors, but <laughs> we don't have doors to open, so we have to have a phone system, right? So can you hit some of the tech stuff that is at the executive level, right at the firm level? What are we using across the board for things like phone system or file servers and so forth? Yeah, I mean these are critical, right? When you think about a remote company, you don't have a file. We now have file servers, right? And you don't have a mm -hmm. phone system anymore uh, or a phone server. So it's all yeah, digital. so. Yeah, so Cloud, we, we went we went with Zoom and, and so what's interesting about Zoom is yes, they, they when we serve multiple functions. They can have a, a chat function, we can have meetings, uh, we use Zoom to meet with advisors uh, and have webinars. Well actually we don't have webinars anymore, but we meet with advisors. Um, and it's also yeah. our phone system. So we have the virtual PBX plugged into Zoom. So you can call the eight 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 number, it goes to welcome to Potomac, yada yada yada, and you choose an extension, whatnot. And that's all built into Zoom. So we use one tool for all of our communications, and, and that has served us really well. And we switched over from Microsoft Teams a couple of years ago. Our file servers with Dropbox, we were with Ignite. Dropbox just is just much better in terms of how it works with, with other, um, other companies. Uh, and we just initiated that, so hopefully the feedback has been good. But we use Dropbox for, uh, for file server. Uh, and then for, you know, there's odds and ends, like we have a, uh, for, for task management, we use teamwork, which we've talked about on, on multiple podcasts. We mm -hmm. really love them. That has, that has, I think, has drastically changed our ability to work with each other in the organization. Um, and, Definitely and helps keep keep a little sanity. Uh, yeah, in understanding what's going I, on. I think that's. I mean, from from the framework of running an RIA, those are the the main basics. And we can let's dive into maybe some more details around the edges. But but it's uh, it, the framework's in place, right? The, those are the main systems that we have to to run the company. Yeah, and it sounds funny. One of the things that frustrated the hell out of me when we were using Teams was the fact that, at least when we were using it, you couldn't do a three-way call. Like if two of you were, you know, we were having an internal conversation to help an advisor, uh, and then, okay, we're ready to actually call them, we, you couldn't add a third person, and that blows my mind. So uh, Zoom has been super easy to work with all the way around. It's been a really great um, enhancement uh, to our system, um, up and down, video, calls, et cetera. Okay. So. Well, then let's, let's talk about then your, I mean, your role in terms of advisor education and dealing with things. What, what, are, the, what are the couple tools that you're in all day long? Yeah, well, I, I would say first and foremost, I'm in HubSpot. 
all day long. Uh, our, our, our team is um, because the, the notes, understanding what you have communicated last with somebody, uh, whether or not you, know, you, you have an idea, you're working with one advisor and immediately, of course, it's just natural. You think of another advisor that that would be a, a value add for and you want to shoot them a quick uh, soapbox message or something like that and, a, and, a, and a, you know, a reference to an article that we've written or, or a podcast that would be valuable for them. So. Oh, well, just just to clarify, just to clarify, HubSpot is our is our CRM system. Yeah, that's 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 a great point. All right, so that's our CRM system. So that's where we keep all of the advisor name, info, etc., and uh, and be able to see what emails are and make sure that we haven't already sent that to them from, from some other time. But uh, yeah, that that's a super valuable tool, and it really helps us with that construct. And likewise, to make sure that you know we know what's happening with the advisors so anyway that's a that's a that's probably the one that i'm in the most now, well so that's new well, hang on a second so everyone understands a crm but one of the things that we also use hubspot for is the fact that it's it's also the email system so that's there's not a separate constant contact or mailchimp or anything uh, it's actually the email system and also any automation that we run we don't we pulled out a lot of the automation and workflows and leads and things like that but any automations right. that that are there um it's all run in, in HubSpot, including email. So just to clarify, go ahead. Right. Well, and while we're on that, so the, so the website, I actually want to throw this back to you. The, the website and landing pages, that's something that you actually have a little bit more background in. Uh, you know, I help sort of structure some of the base content of where, hey, here are some targets that we're working. I had a meeting this morning, right, working on who we want to reach out to as far as, uh, you know, might find interest and value, and therefore we need landing pages, right? So... Can you speak to that? What do we use? Yeah, so every everything used to be made in HubSpot, and we pull that out, and we use WordPress for everything. Um, uh, Christopher, who's our director of marketing, you know, loves WordPress and the functionality there. So uh, everything is built in WordPress in terms of our website and landing pages, and then any form in that landing page is a HubSpot form that then sends that person into HubSpot for you and your team to to obviously do their follow-ups and reach-outs and whatnot. So that that's the main the main driver for the website. Yeah. And then uh, I, I think the, the other thing that comes into play, which <laughs> my first experience, this is a new one for us, my first experience uh, was uh, with StreamYard was a video tool to do the Potomac Couch version 2. Uh, I was on the second episode, uh, of course, making fun of you, trying to get the other team to make fun of you. <laughs> uh but uh, StreamYard has been pretty helpful. I know you and Dan use it for Who Charted. Um, that's a pretty cool tool. Uh, from a video recording standpoint, it's much more flexible in s sort of eliminating some of the post-production work that needs to go on when you want to insert a video. You guys do Who Charted. Maybe you can speak to that a little bit and how, how that has yeah, come into play. Traditionally, people will record, you know, listen, peop I think people are really cheap sometimes when it comes to this and it ends up being more expensive in the long run because you'll record maybe a tool that you have like a zoom meeting and you share your screen and that kind of stuff if you take it a step further and use a tool like StreamYard, it's meant for live streaming but you don't actually have to go live and you can record it and have someone put up images and and um you know charts and graphs whatever you want and then you don't have to do anything in post you right. don't have to add anything in post production it's all right there versus what we're doing right now you're recording i'm recording and then we have a team that combines this in post production so right. for advisors who are looking for a very simple way to put out content without a large post production team stream yard is is very valuable yeah absolutely um it is uh the the funny thing is it's a little it, it's 
a little different when you have multiple people in remote locations doing it. That was the funny part for us. In uh, Christopher forgot that not everybody is using Apple, right? No, no, there's only a couple of folks using using Macs. That's primarily the marketing team. But uh, yeah, so that was a that was an interesting little play as we got started. But we worked through that. So uh, especially when you're doing stuff yourself, you want yourself in a, and be able to insert screenshots and those sorts of things. Streamyard is pretty cool. Um, uh, anything that you want to add about the video outreach and how that has come into play? Because we've talked about, I'm going to add something here first. We've talked about Soapbox, which is a Wistia product. That's what my team uses, the advisor, advisor education team, as far as being able to communicate, putting a small video in an email um, and, and sending a video message. But can you speak to Wistia on a higher level, the firm level? Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing more than a, a video storage tool. We used to use it to store all our videos, and then we transform we uh, transitioned, excuse me, everything to YouTube. Um, so if you have corporate videos and things you don't want on YouTube, uh, Wistia can do that for you. But at this point, we're, we're mostly using it for Soapbox to send out one-to-one messages and also training. And so we're doing training on two levels. We create a Soapbox for you know things you want to explain to a staff member, um, and then we also started recording our meetings in Zoom as well. And so it's just a it, it's really it's a browser extension tool that allows you to quickly put something together and send it out. It's not meant for any deep post production or changes, and, and you guys use it more than anything. So, yep. All right, so that that, that I think pretty well takes care of the, uh, the the marketing end and some of the advisor education end and what we're using on a day to day basis in that space. But there's a whole nother level, you know, one of our sort of chain of podcasts is your communication to advisors uh, about what it is that's going on, what systems you're using, what we're seeing in the marketplace, et cetera. And so can you speak to some of those? I mean, what do we we use as far as trading and encoding systems? Yeah, I think the, the, the research side is obviously different from the execution. So on, on the research and coding side, we use Ami Broker, um, which is a, a very popular software tool for trading. Uh, it, it's based on AFL code language. Um, we also use a tool that Dan introduced called Optuma, which is an Australian company as well. Uh, and both of those tools uh, help us in terms of charting, programming, and building indicators. Uh, and then, believe it or not, data comes from very uh, with separate sources, right? So we use data from uh, YCharts, uh, a company called Norgate, which is also an Australian company, and a company called Fast Track. Um, uh, and so those three sources we use mainly to, to pump data into our uh, trading systems, which then obviously generate code and, and buy-sell signals and whatnot. Uh, and, and, and that's the main um, engine behind the, the money management process. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I think that the next sort of big elephant in the room is when you run an RAA, I mean, we're a, a third-party manager, right? Let's let's be clear about that. So that, that may be a little bit different than an individual advisor. But uh, from an RAA standpoint, what systems do we use to for billing, reporting, trading, those kinds of things when it comes to operations? So that's what we consider all of those to be part of operations. Yeah, and, and that and proposals and stuff like that, and which I'll pass back mm-hmm. to you. Essentially, yeah. uh, we use Orion Advisor services for everything. We've been with them since, I think, 2007. It's been a long-term relationship. So they're, they're a great engine. They do all of the, the back office work in terms of reconciliation, uh, trading, billing, reporting, etc. Um, we also offer to our advisors the use of uh, the Orion planning tool, formerly Advisor, where they can do account aggregation and stuff like that. Um, what we are building right now is a custom user interface 
on top of Orion. So we're gonna take our Orion data and feed it into this custom user interface. And it's it, no shade at Orion and their capabilities, we wanted more control on the front end. So when our advisors log in, we wanted more control in, in what data we showed them and how they can work with the system. And look, we, we just felt that we had to build this, this custom system. Um, and that's gonna circle back around to what you're using in terms of a proposal tool. And it's all gonna make sense, hopefully by the time our conference comes in terms of what our plans are. Um, so what, what, and I talked about this last, a couple of weeks ago in terms of proposal, but why don't you uh, remind the, the audience? Yeah, so absolutely. So from a proposal tool, this is something that, uh, you know, it's kind of funny as we've, we've flipped a number of times or, you know, in the infamous uh, words of Ross Geller on Friends, pivot. Uh, we, we've Jesus gone from Christ. one to another, but we really came back to yeah. No, you're supposed to say for f- sake, man. I mean, yeah, that's, no, your, that's your that's your go-to move, right? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, uh, so we have gone back to hidden levers, and that's pretty cool because it allows us to do two real, real neat things right now, and one more coming forward. One is the risk profile. That's just a quick take. I mean, you can type in IBM and you know, boom, outspits a whole bunch of data about it in a really sort of client-friendly way. Not a, you know, I mean, Morningstar is, is uh, you know, they have a tool that's pretty decent, but it's very sort of clinical. Um, Hidden Levers has done theirs from a graphical sense. I mean, I think it's just more client-friendly. And of course, they have a focus on Max Drawdown and as a risk management firm, that, that makes a lot of sense for us. The next piece is they have a risk proposal tool. And that sort of takes it a whole nother level and gives you even more detail. It takes a little bit longer to run. Uh, but again, it's pretty easy to use. And, and the step that's coming forward, as you mentioned, the UI, we're going to be to, we're going to get to the point where we can do the proposal and that has the dollar figures in it. And then if you want to move forward, you can just slide that right into the account paperwork documentation process for DocuSign and so forth, which is pretty neat when you think about it, right? Just go literally from client entry prospect to, oh, let's go ahead and become a client and away we go. Nobody has to sign anything in hard copy, so. Okay, uh, what else? Anything else come to mind that we, we, we didn't, I mean, obviously there's 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 hardware, there's software, there's, I mean, I think we're just gonna compile a list and, and maybe a running list and just put it on the website for people to poke yeah, around. Yeah, we'll there's enough here probably rather than just a bunch of show notes, probably ought to just stick this in a short blog and blog post and post it, but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think that really does it. The, the, fin- the one, I guess the only other caveat I would add is the financial planning tool is pretty sweet. Uh, we were excited when we were able to grab that from the Orion system and, and be able to utilize that. And we're getting good feedback from the advisors that are using that as part of our union UMA. So uh, pretty neat stuff. Cool. Uh, all right. That'll wrap it up. What kind of recommendations do you have? Yep. Recommendations. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna shoot one link in the show notes, and that's just the CNN version. However, I highly recommend learning about Black Wall Street. That's the short version, right? Education about Black Wall Street. We just hit the 100th anniversary of this massacre. And if right now you're scratching your head going, what in the hell is he talking about? All the more reason you need to dive in. Um, you know, life's a learning opportunity. Uh, I've been to Dachau. I've been to uh, concentration camps. Uh, I've, I've been to Tulsa many times and never had any clue. And that was one of the big differences I saw. When I went to Germany, they have a lot of references to some of the mistakes that have been made in the past. You go to Tulsa, I didn't see anything. Um, you know, I mean, I guess they got a couple signs out now. It's becoming more prominent, so that's a good thing. We've got to learn from some of the stupidity that we've, we've mistakes we've done in the past. And there's a lot of great shows. Uh, CNN, OWN has a series. Uh, History Channel just came out with one. So there you go. Beautiful. 
All right, I um, I'm gonna give Potomac Couch a lot of fodder on this one, um, but uh, but but whatever. Listen, I I love rom coms, um, not just movies, but the actual shows themselves. Um, to the point where my wife is always wondering why I keep watching these shows. So this one is, I think, on Netflix called uh, The Beauty and the Baker. Um, look, it's entertaining if you like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, I th- look, one season in, I thought it was a great show. Definitely worth, uh, worth watching. So you said it's The Beauty and the Baker? Yeah, The Beauty and the Baker. All right. Listen, no, it's, even, it's just about it's, it's, it's about a supermodel. It's about a supermodel who falls in love with a baker from um, Little Havana in Miami, and so all right, it's a rom com, dude. Yeah. You either like it or you don't. All right, hey, I'm game. All right. On that note, I want to say something here. Uh, we certainly we always want to thank our our viewers, our listeners, uh, absolutely our subscribers. Uh, knowing how many subscribers we have versus how many viewers we have, there's an awful lot of people that haven't hit that cute little subscribe button. So uh, we certainly hope that you do and continue enjoy to enjoy the fun and education that we try and put together here from Potomac. Thank so, you. Have a good one. Thank you. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Potomac Fund Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. 